Customer experience. It's what sets some of the best companies apart from the rest, yet can often be hard to achieve. Tune in monthly as we uncover the secrets behind great customer experience. This is Experience Better, the CX Podcast. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Experience Better, the CX Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Thompson, Senior Partner Relationship Manager at Kubra. Payment experiences have certainly changed over the past few years. Cash, check, and credit card used to be the go-to payment methods for consumers, but they're not the norm for most these days. Innovative technology and changing consumer expectations have transformed how we pay for goods and services. Last month, in the first installment of this two-part episode, Steve Ryan, Principal Product Manager for Payments at Kubra, talked about the customer expectations and hot payment trends like the demand for frictionless payment experiences and digital wallets. In this episode, it's our pleasure as we join Steve again as he discusses artificial intelligent payment channels. Steve, welcome back again to the show. Thank you, Mr. Thompson. Mr. Thompson, good. I like that. Keep that up. So earlier, when I asked about how builders can satisfy the demands for their customers, Mr. Ryan, we kicked it off with faster payments, Usain Bolt style, and you also mentioned smarter payments. Can you elaborate a little on on what you mean by smarter? Of course. Um, you know, I've been at Cooper for a while, um, and in my previous life within the organization, I was the director of channel development, and within that role. I managed product partners, market partners, and supported several of our utility relationships. So what I did was I reached out to roughly, I think it was seven of our clients and posed a question to them. What would you say is a smarter payment? Or better yet, what would your consumers say is a smarter payment? So instead of me coming up with what I defined as smarter payments, I farmed that out. And... To my surprise, the most common response was artificial intelligence. Blown away by by them coming back with that. Awesome. I'm so glad, you know, that we're talking about this today because, you know, when you say artificial intelligence, we're talking about online chatbots, uh, you know, the Amazon Alexas and Google Homes of the world, SMS text text messaging, social media chats, uh, you know, that type of thing. And it's it's really, from what I've seen, Steve, and you can elaborate a little bit, is this is a technology that's really unfolding almost near real time as, as artificial intelligence is sort of making its way, um, you know, from a development standpoint, the industry and customers are embracing that technology and, and utilizing it, you know, near real time, sort of what I've seen. Oh, I, no, exactly. You've, you've, you're bang on there, right? Natural language processing, essentially powered by artificial intelligence. Um, you know, it simplifies communication and channels such as social medias, uh, you reference smart speakers, text messaging. Um, it's allowing interactions to be more natural. Um, you know, no longer do customers need to remember a specific number or key phrase or key word. Right. To complete those tr- interactions, it's, it's more of an automated channel that, you know, thanks to technology, um, continues to learn and it improves automatically through its, you know, its interactions. So the more interactions, the quicker the device itself is, is learning. It, it just, it makes sense. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, artificial intelligence, it's, it's making, and it's continued to make our, our lives easier. Um, which is why it's, you know, it's no surprise 
that roughly 25%, and I would even doubt it might be even higher now, all customer interactions are already automated through AI. Yeah, and see, to me, that is what's really telling. Uh, the fact that we sort of, we have that 25%, and I bet you most people don't even know they're interacting with artificial intelligence as they go through their daily lives in those 25% of, of transactions. Yeah, I, I would agree 100%. You know, again, you get on with a chatbot, who knows if it's actual, um, you know, who's on the end of that chatbot, if it's automated, if it's not automated, regardless of the individuals on the other end, you know, it's continuously learning, so it becomes automated. And that's why companies are starting to jump on board, right? You know, 90% plan to have some sort of AI deployed within the next three years, which speaks right. volumes there, right? It demonstrates that consumers and companies are, are already using or leveraging AI. And, you know, most people actually, you know, I, I'm one of them, um, prefer to use a chatbot to address any sort of issues or concerns. Okay, so that's a good point. So when you say address issues, what type of issues can a chatbot resolve for the average consumer? a good question it depends on who you're talking to if you're talking to my wife she you know chatbot can't resolve any of my issues but you know you know you're past hope mr ryan you're way <laughs> past, past hope. hope so you know based on we we actually cooper did a uh customer experience report in 2021 uh, and the top four responses uh were to get you know quick support answers uh find a human customer service uh, assistance um you know pay a bill get it, bill information um you know so there's so many different responses that are related to to payments in general right so at the end of the day it could be anything it could be why is my bill so high it could be when is my bill due it could be i want to sign up for a payment arrangement so there's so many things and processes that can be fully automated through that chatbot experience interesting so it it I mean, it almost seems like overnight we went from asking customers if they have a smart speaker in their home to how many smart speakers they have in their home. So it's 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 just it's taken that quantum leap from being a a cool gift, you know, two years ago to now being a mainstay. Yeah, and who's going to hear, right? Um, you know, when they first came out, there might have been a bit of a sticker shock, but now those those items are coming down. You can get minis for a fraction of the cost and. You know, it's it's so much easier to have them on every floor of the house, or it could be in multiple rooms, or it could be one in the cabana, one inside. Like they're all over the place. So, I don't know about you, Scott, but I lost count at five within my household, and I'm sure you've got upwards of that as well. So, you know, we've seen a massive growth in smart speakers in the U.S. I think the last number I saw was 32% growth over the past two years, and as of right now, uh, over half of the U.S household have a, a smart speaker at least one so um, it's that's i mean again that's crazy so how did this happen because it's only been a couple of years when it went from like hey that's a cool gift to like hey i can't do without this device wherever i'm walking around in my home well, again we keep going back to other things that we talked about right it's that frictionless in, in experience it's right. you know it's the smarter faster uh, more engaging and how how do you not think a smart speaker is not all of that right so I can quickly yell out to uh, my Alexa and ask her what the weather's like today or what you know anything what's my calendar um, we shout out 
anything that we need for our grocery list. She stores it all. So again, it, it's so easy to use and you start relying on it uh, way too much. You know, I think back in, I think it was 2020, um, I did a presentation with Chartwell mm -hmm. and uh, I used a, a use case where we bought one for my father-in-law. Right. 80 years old. And again, it was, you know, he's, oh, somebody's listening on me. I'm going to get, you know, they're going to get all my information, all concerned about everything. Once we set it up, had a couple of skills set up for him and walked away from it. He was great. You know, now he's using it nonstop. He's talking more to the Google uh, home versus his own wife, which is a different issue that I got to deal with. But, you know, he's getting his weather. He's, you know, he's retired. What's the weather like today? Every half hour he's asking what the weather's like. But the bigger thing for him was uh, his stock portfolio. He loves his stocks. And instead of going downstairs nonstop and checking what's going on um, with his laptop, he's able to just, you know, blurt out and get the information that he needs. So it's it's so much easier for him to do. And, you know, now that he's accustomed to using it, he's setting up his own skills, you know, configuring it. So he's getting alerts specifically for his utility. Again, they are home all day long and they have nothing else to do but look at their bills and where can they save money. So utility is a, a huge thing for him. So he's set up high alert usages. He's got his payment reminders. So again, he's one of those guys, I'm not giving my money away until I absolutely have to. So I need to know the 11th hour, when do I need to make that payment? Um, and in some cases, you know, he's actually able now to do a transaction through his mini. Um, he's got all of his stored information within a profile and through some keywords, he's completing transactions. So, you know, it's, it's again, easy to use yeah. once it's set up and that's, that's, that's the main driver, you know, and, you know, based on that same, um, chart, well experience that I had, they referenced, I think it was 2025. And I think it's going to be even sooner now that 75% of all us. Uh, households will have a smart speaker. Amazing. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really the, I guess, the maturation of the voice recognition that's really driven all of this. And, you know, I know there are a lot of flavors to artificial intelligence and interpretation of chat and physical messaging, but uh, obviously the voice interaction and, and understanding of, of the voice prompts and, and voice commands is really you know, matured and, and really been a big driver and, you know, explosion of, of smart speakers. So having said that, uh, you know, in addition to faster and smarter payments, you'd also mentioned more engagement as being a good way to meet the growing expectations of customers. What, you know, how do we drive or what do you mean by more engagement? So engagement and awareness. Um, drive satisfaction and the ease of doing business. So the ease of doing business and customer satisfaction are um, interrelated, each contributing to increasing in one another, right? So, you know, awareness and engagement in different biller offerings will also affect the satisfaction and that ease of use. Um, you know, specifically, if you look at factors, of, you know, affecting the ease of doing business includes that awareness. You know, awareness of, say, outage alerts, or it's the awareness of electronic billing and the options that are available to the individual. So certain payment methods will reduce the ease of doing business. Yep. And it will allow customers to pay, you know, for an example, with a mobile app, you know, 
push notifications um, or through artificial intelligence. All of these things will increase the ease of doing business. Um, you know, but customer loyalty, from my perspective, engagement are not really easy to come by. Right. And luckily for utilities, in most cases, um, you know, I don't have the ability to choose which utility that I'm leveraging. So it, it kind of makes loyalty less of a concern for me. But making me an engaged customer, right, a happy customer, is something that's worth striving for. Like, think about it, right? You know, utilities are always boasting about their JD power scores. They want to be, you know, the cream of the cream on the utility market, right? And, and JD uh, power scores are, are one way of doing that. You know, it reduces complaints within the call center. We all know about the call center and, and you know, having individuals call in to complain and being on the phone for five to 10 minutes complaining about the utility and that kind of stuff. It reduces that. So it's a huge cost savings for the utility. And it also minimizes some of the bad press that you might see on social media, right? And at the end of the day, it makes the job for the utility that much easier. So again, loyalty is one thing for utility, but keeping a customer engaged and happy is critical for utility. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned it off the top. Sorry to interject there, Steve. You know, in terms of, you know, is it fair to sort of compare utilities against the Netflixes and the Amazons of the world? And fair or not fair, that's the reality. And, you know, to your point, if you have a utility that, you know, to your point, you don't have a choice, they are ut your utility for your, you know, area, uh, good or bad, that customer experience is going to live and breathe and die with that utility uh, as long as you're a customer of theirs. Couldn't agree more. And, and I guess, you know, this is something that we see in our industry a lot is, you know, you, we talk about awareness and engagement and it's, it's only half the battle if utilities have these emerging payment options and channels and artificial intelligence and chatbots and, you know, uh, digital wallets. But if the customer doesn't know what they don't know, they're not going to embrace them. They're not going to leverage those payment options or, or types or channels. Uh, so awareness, you know, creates engagement and engagement, you know, you don't have engagement without awareness. So it's, you don't know what you don't know. And, and this is really, I guess, that the topic for today and for our listeners is, you know, you got to get it out there, but then you got to let your customers know that you have it and they're available so they can start embracing it and, and leveraging whichever payment option they choose as the customer. So you know, having said that, Steve, can you share any tips for billers to increase the engagement and loyalty among their customers? Is you know, is any uh, pearls of wisdom you might have for our listeners? Well, yeah. So that that is, I think, the biggest challenge with utilities. You know, is making sure that everybody on the front line is fully aware of the the solution offering that they have for their customers. Right. Um, you know, Chartwell does a great job with some of their surveys and. They went right to the source and asked consumers how their biller can make them a more engaged and loyal customer. Um, and, you know, not really a surprise to me, but it turned out preference management for communications is, is important, right? So again, I want to be communicated the way that I want to. So having the ability to select how and when um, communication um, from my utility is critical, right? So. I think it was 55% of consumers want that ability to select their communication preferences. Mm -hmm. 
you know, another 46 wanted to 46 percent wanted to have a better user experience. Um, and 34% want to see more payment options available. So again, it's it's choice. The biller wants to be able to, or sorry, the consumer wants the biller to offer up as many channels, and within those channels, preferences for my way of getting the information that I want. So again, it's critical to get that information out to the biller as quickly as possible, and that's got to be facilitated through a number of different social medias. It's got to be through the call center. So many different things need to happen on that scenario, right? And that's why it's, you know, you know, we're here, we're here to talk about more so on the payment side of things. And, you know, 34% want to see more payment options. So it's, it's, it's critical that, you know, we support a full-on omni-channel payment strategy to satisfy these individuals. So again, if I can go to a, a portal and I can self-serve and I can pick and choose what I want to do, I'm going to use it. But if it's a yeah. portal where I don't have choice, there's a good chance I'm not coming back. Right. So, and those for those listeners who aren't familiar with the term omni-channel strategy, it's a multi-channel approach with a focus on providing seamless customer experience across all different channels. And you know, if sort of throwing that in layman's terms, we'll unpack it a little bit. And it just means me as a customer, as a consumer, if I'm going to make a payment for whatever it is, whether it's a utility usage consumption or uh, widgets that I'm buying from Amazon. I want to be able to make the payment in any method that I choose, whether it's, you know, cash, credit card, debit, through Google Pay, through Apple Pay, through a chatbot, through whatever. As the customer, I'm the one that's demanding these things. And what really is telling me, uh, what's really telling about the statistics there, Steve, is 34% want to see more payment options. So what that's telling me is there are many companies out there who don't have an omni-channel strategy. So there's 34% of customers who are looking for additional payment options that are not available to them. And, and that's an yeah. opportunity for improvement, clearly. 100% bang on on that one. You know, again, having the omni-channel, you know, you, you kind of speak to it a little bit there. You know, you dive a little further into what the true meaning is, is, you know, I want to be able to offer up, you know, a digital wallet, but I want to be able to offer it up in all of the different channels that are supported, whether or not that's an IVR, if that's, you know, a CSR assisted, if it's a portal, if it's a non-enrolled environment, uh, if it's, you know, Alexa, you know, all of those emerging technologies have to be supported. So uh, you're bang on on that. And, you know, other ways to earn customer loyalty are those engagements uh, through personalization, right? Immediate support. Yep. You know, as, you know, in the, the previous session, we talked about natural language processing and AI. Well, it's also, as I come into the environment, knowing what I want to do before even me doing it. So having the ability to do that, right? So... Real-time experiences are, are really critical for uh, the utility and, and ensuring that we have that ability for them, right? You know, we talked about, you know, different things and, and, and greater trends of self-service. Well, what are those? You know, again, it's the ability to select my own communication preferences. It's, you know, I want to easily navigate through a user interface and, and pay the way that I want to. Um, all enabled through one single strong self-service strategy. Like the utilities have to come up with that and you know, builders need to take notice of this trend um, and how it's impacting the loyalty of and engagement of the consumers because it's only going to continue to grow because who's kidding you, the younger generations, that's all they're expecting, you know, right. um, experiencing right now. You know, my 12 year old daughter 
doesn't know and understand the under workings of everything, but she knows if she barks at an order at Alexa, it's done right. instantaneously, right? So the expectations from the younger generation and the ease of use that they have, they're expecting that out of the box and they want to see yeah. continuous improvements themselves. Steve, I really want to thank you uh, for your time today. And, and just as we sort of sum all this up, do you have any sort of parting thoughts that you want to leave with us? Parting thoughts. Um, final thoughts. Let's sum it up. Uh, well, who's kidding who? You know, a lot of things have changed over the last couple of years, and you know, we can all chalk it up to you know, there's pros and cons of COVID. Um, you know, COVID has has forced us as well as utilities to make a lot of changes with the way that we do business. So, you know, technology continues to evolve at a, a fairly swift pace, um, and it's having a a massive impact on our, our preferences as consumers you know one thing that is is clear um you know all signs pointing to increased demand for digital experiences are here and are here to stay um, nothing's going to change that and with that you know with the coupled with the the pandemic itself and more tech savvy customers becoming the target audience for utilities so again you know speaking about my 12 year old yep. daughter eventually she'll yep. be one of their customers it's only going to speed up um their requirements to to switch and shift to a digital experience for those individuals. Um, it's you know it's it's pretty clear the digital revolution is no longer coming. It's here, it's been here for a while, and builders need to adopt fairly quickly. There's no time to think about what it is that they're going to be doing now. And at the end of the day, payment innovation uh, will continue to be key to satisfying our customers in 2022 and way beyond that. Yeah, and that that was a brilliant synopsis there because the digital revolution is here. Anybody who has a teenager knows this. Uh, teenagers really don't know what paper is anymore. It's all on the phone. Everything's the phone. Everything's digital. Um, and and yeah, Steve, to your point, you know the the kick in the butt that COVID has given the world, not only, you know, the digital industry or technology industry or payments is has been mind boggling. And I'm really curious to sort of see how history looks back on this period of time, because it's really ramped up the embrace of technology. And, and to your point, and, you know, to use some of your earlier expressions, you know, frictionless payment experiences. And, you know, we've also talked about on demand and, and so how on demand is kind of the new norm. You know, I want to watch a movie, boom, on demand, there it is. I want to buy something, boom, from Amazon, you know, it's there next day, that type of thing. And and now that we have those expectations, there's no turning back. So I, Steve, I, again, I really want to thank you for breaking down, you know, these opportunities to elevate the customer experience. Now, what we like to do with our guests is because this is a user experience podcast, we do talk about all things customer and customer experiences and good and bad customer experiences. Maybe you can tell us about a time when you had an incredible customer experience. And it can be from any industry, you know, just something that really stuck with you as a consumer that that has left a lasting impression with you. One would be my Starbucks app. I took forever to download it and, and assign a, a digital wallet to it. But uh, like I said, it's so easy to you know go through the process of ordering in advance and simply picking it up and double clicking and it's done. The challenge I have is my coffee consumption has drastically increased, and I have no idea how much money I'm spending on it because it just it just goes. 
So um, it's a bit of a, a, you know, good and bad thing for me. But the funny one is that I keep going back to the Costanza wallet, right? You know, my only, I guess, final thought to you is I'm surprised you didn't write that Starbucks app yourself, knowing what a, a coffee aficionado you are. I'm surprised you didn't <laughs> lead the charge to have that one out on the App Store, you know, years ago. But uh, no, Steve, again, uh, really wanted to thank you for, for taking time with us again today to talk about payments. And, and, you know, you're a wealth of knowledge and a wonderful, wonderful guy. We hope to have you back to talk about maybe some of the other emerging things that we just touched on today, you know, in terms of, you know, prepay or what have you. But uh, ultimately, uh, really appreciate you sharing your experiences and your knowledge with us today. Thank you. Well, Scott, thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do this again. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. That's all for Experience Better, the CX podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send us your questions and continue the conversation with us on Twitter or Facebook at KubraWay. That's K-U-B-R-A-W-A-Y or on LinkedIn at Kubra. Thank you, everyone.